Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, everybody. I am Gareth here from What Culture Wrestling, bringing you today's ups and downs for Ring of Honor on this gorgeous Friday morning because... Well, let's be honest, everyone's gone to LA and I'm the only idiot left here in the UK. Don't worry, it's not as though I wanted to go over to Hollywood and watch loads of great wrestling live in the flesh inside of SoFi Stadium and watch all that kind of stuff. I wanted to sit in front of my laptop and watch Ring of Honor all morning, of course I did. But I'll be honest, I don't watch an awful lot of Ring of Honor when I do. I normally check it out on Twitter, like see a few clips, watch the odd match here or there. So I was quite excited about what this show had to offer. And it had everything. It had great matches, pretty cool promos, nice angles, and more importantly than all this right now, if you do like all things Ring of Honor, then keep supporting these videos. Keep watching them because if you don't, they'll just disappear because that's how YouTube works. So without further ado, let's shake hands honorably, move on to the good stuff because it's time to up those downs for Ring of Honor. So we got this week's show underway with Tony Nese and Ari Davari being introduced as they walk down to the ring by smart Mark Sterling. And this guy is literally just everywhere all over AEW and Ring of Honor TV right now, isn't he? Because we did have the varsity athletes taking on Aussie Open in our first match of the evening. Evening, and it was a fun one, so it's going to get our first up of the day. So Aussie Open are obviously going to be in this Reach for the Sky Super Guard of Honor ladder match, which is going down tonight. Tomorrow, it was referenced on the thing. It's going to be tonight. Super Guard of Honor is tonight, and they were looking to build on the momentum they've established by winning their first couple of matches in Ring of Honor, and... That's just what they did. Because Ari Davari and Tony Nese had their moments in this match, sure, of course they did. Like, there was one point where Tony Nese started flexing in front of Mark Davis, and Davis was like, I don't need muscles, I'll just kill you, try and knock me down, you can't, because I'm a big old dude. I also quite like the Aussie, 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 suck it from Davari, because I'm a child. Really, though, the story that was told here is that Aussie Open are a dominant, badass team, and if you are going to beat them, you need to use some outside interference. That's what the, the varsity athletes had. They had Mark Sterling on the side, he was going mad, kept trying to intervene. And then when he did that late on and tried to intervene once again, bad stuff happened. Because when they tried to intervene on that occasion, the Aussie Open lads got Tony Nissan Davari on their backs and just tried to sandwich Mark Sterling in between them, but he dodged out of the way, so they collided, smacked the two lads onto the floor, but then super kicked Mark Sterling for his troubles. And then they hit the Coriolis for the win. It was a fun match, a good opener, got us off to a great old start. And then we have Mio Yamashita versus Shazza McKenzie, my new favourite name in all of wrestling. And this match was also quite fun, did not 
overstay its welcome, so it's going to get an up. And I'll be honest, my biggest takeaway from this match is that Yamashita, when she kicks people, I feel it. I sit at home and I see the kick, I go, oh, that hurts. Oh, that actually hurts. I feel like I've just, ow, my hip out. Stop it! And it was pretty clear that Shaza felt her best way to win this match was to keep Miyu on the ground and just don't let her get up and start kicking the crap out of you. So she did that for a while. She had her into a headlock. She was just really dominating on the ground. But you can only do this for so long because out of nowhere, Miyu just jumped off the turnbuckle and did like a, a turnbuckle spring kick to the face. It was majestic. And there was just a ton of soccer kicks and punts that were happening throughout this match as well. It felt like these two were trying to play football with their heads and I don't know who won. I think everybody lost. And then out of nowhere, you managed to hit this spinning heel kick for the win and it really felt like a flash knockout like anything can happen in this kind of real life sport feel of a match. And I liked it. I enjoyed it. If I've not already said it, it's going to get an up, so we're 2-0. And then we have the Embassy versus JD Griffey, Dan Draper and Aaron Singh. I'm not going to lie, not really heard of the latter three that much and after this match, well, we'll probably never hear of them again. Because let's be honest, when you don't even have an entrance in this kind of match, you know that trouble's never too far away. And again, what do you know? And just as a little side note here, Dan, that Dan was a huge man and he made Brian Cage look quite small in comparison. So what did Cage do? He opted to go the athletic route and leapfrogged him before smacking him around in the head. It was it was crazy. It was crazy scenes. And when I say smacking him around in the head, I mean power slam because I'm a professional and that was the move. To be honest, this match was just there to make the embassy look like all-round bad asses before their defense of their six-man championship belts at Superguard of Honor and it did that it really achieved that quite well because these blokes look like monsters like there was a point where the gates of agony were just beating the hell out of each other to get each other fired up to kill Singh and I think they said on commentary it was going to be Singh's last song and you can't really sum it up any better than that and then before you knew what was happening Cone dropped Singh slap onto the turnbuckle and then Brian Cage did his weird little like hanging suplex over the top rope for the win it was dominant they looked like a team that are not to be messed with as we'll see again before the night is out. It was short, it was painfully sweet for the embassy, it's getting up, did exactly what it needed to do. And then we had two of the blogs who were going to be taking on the embassy in that six-person tag team championship match. You had AR Fox and Metalik versus what are now my new favourite tag team. Because while they did go by the name of the infantry here, you had Captain, the Captain, Sean Dean and Carly Bravo, but for me, it should be Carly and the Captain. I think that should be the name. Carly and the Captain. It feels like they should be going out solving mysteries and going on huge adventures on a Saturday morning cartoon kind of landscape. That's that's what I want. I want them to be walking, talking Saturday cartoons. And if you love people that can fly and jump off ropes and just do absolutely out of this world skills in between the ropes, then did we have the match for you. Because you have Metalink chopping the crap out of Sean Dean early and then dancing along the ropes. Seriously, how he does it, I don't know. He's like he's got some kind of sorcery over those ring ropes. I mean, there was one kind of botched, ugly looking pile driver but it still worked and it looked quite nasty and I would not want to be on the receiving end of it. And again, Dean and Carly throughout, they had some stylish moments. There was a particularly stylish senton move from Carly. I really enjoyed the dynamic. They were quite like outlandish, a bit swaggery. I feel like there's something really here. And then everything got a little bit strange in like the latter stage of the match because I felt like there was a bit of a miscommunication with a tag and it just seemed like it stretched on forever. Because AR Fox cut off Bravo with like a big boot at one point or a kick or a drop kick, I can't exactly remember what it was. And then Metalik got like a blind tag, but the ref saw the blind tag and was like, all right, get in. But then the two blokes who were still in the ring carried on wrestling for like, it felt like an eternity at this point. Carried on, carried on. Metalik was like, can I, can I get back in? And it just never happened. But then he finally did. Fox remembered, oh yeah, I need to get out of the ring. I'm not legal. And Metalik 
did his, his rope walk across the top rope, did his elbow drop, and they won the match. It was just a bit of a strange ending, though. I enjoyed my silly mystery men, though, and that's what I'm going to call them now going forward. And Metalik and AR Fox have offense for days, and they're never not going to be fun to watch. So all this, all this was lovely. It's going to get an up. And again, it's just quite nice seeing people like Fox and Metalik finally given a platform to do what they're best at, which is incredible wrestling, ridiculous moves, cutters, moonsaults. These dudes know their stuff. And as you've already guessed, there's going to be a lot of positives on this show, because if you've got good wrestling and just good, strong characters, that's what this show really is, and that's all it needs to be. And it's had a lot of that, so I'm going to be happy chappy all the way through it. We then had a Ring of Honor Women's World Championship match. It was Athena taking on Emi Sakura, and this was... What was it ever going to be? These two women are brilliant characters. They love beating the piss out of one another. So yes, it's going to get an up. I loved it. Straight away, Emmy walks down to the ring dressed as a queen as she is. And she was just strutting around. She was cocky. She was arrogant. She'd called out Athena. And then Athena rocked up and she was just this ball of charisma and energy and just defiance. And I just wanted to see them fight. Like, I love this because you can see that Athena's having the time of her damn life playing this villain, this merciless, violent piece of crap who's also incredibly entertaining and I love it. Look, you can see that Athena's having the time of her damn life in this character, which is great because she's always been a fantastic wrestler. She's just never really been given that kind of personality to get her teeth sunk into. With this, she's sinking her teeth in and then she's slamming people's heads into the apron, then into her teeth, then back into the apron. And this was a really even match. It was back and forth. There were times when Emmy genuinely looked like she was going to get the upper hand here. There was a point where she did one of her running crossbodies into Athena, propped up against some steel steps, and it was horrific. She just wasn't backing down throughout this match, but then she eventually got tied up in the the tree of woe and then Athena beat the crap out of her and then moved her onto the ground and started doing what I just said before the the slamming of the head into the mat which is absolutely insane it was also a lovely suspended backbreaker thing where I think Sakura got Athena up in the air she was holding her there for ages and ages and ages with ease and then just flipped her straight onto her knee and I was like that that has given me spine problems right there me watching that spine problems and these two just knew each other so damn well that whenever one of them went for the finishers the other one had a reversal just ready they've been prepping it they've been in the ring all the way through the last couple of weeks they'd fought each other in the past they'd been in sticky situations and gone you know what I know I'm gonna get out of that now and there was a point where Athena nearly got twisted neck breakered whatever it was from Emi Sakura and she cartwheeled out of it it was bananas and then Athena went for her O face and again that got blocked by Emmy and then she finally hit that spinning net breaker which I think recently it put Athena down for 15 seconds so it was like oh my god drama this th- we know that this can knock her out for at least a three count but it didn't because Athena is insane but then after using all the kind of high octane offense and all these thrilling moves it ended in a gritty gritty old fashion because Athena had Emmy on the floor and put her in a really nasty sleeper and Emmy was just like yeah you know what I've, I, I thought of how to get out of the O face but not this I'm screwed I'm gonna tap out then it got even crazier because Yuki Sakazaki, who's going to face now Athena at the Super Guard of Honor pay-per-view that there's tonight, tomorrow, whatever they want to call it. She came out. They had a big fight because Athena had attacked Emi Sakura and Sakura was Yukazaki's trainer, teacher. There was all the drama going on. It was a great chaotic brawl. Sakazaki just launched herself off the top rope to end it. Big old crossbody onto Athena. And now I'm hyped for that match too. You got me hyped for one match. That match was great. And now I'm hyped for the other match. This is how you do it. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. 
For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile unlimited premium wireless. Ready to get 30 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20 20, 20 ready to get 20 20, ready to get 15 15, 15 15, just 15 bucks a month. So, give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And then just to take a breather, you know, just, just have a minute now, because we have that insane, breathless match. We're just going to throw most of the teams that are going to be in the reach for the Sky Ladder match into an eight-man tag together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that happened. And of course, this one's going to get an up because it was the Kingdom and LFI taking on the Lucha Brothers and Top Flight. You can see where this is going. Honestly, it felt like there was always no less than three people in the ring at any one point. Everyone was giving each other drop kicks and super kicks and enziguris and flying outside the ring and just battering each other, just trying to get in a bit of momentum, really, before tomorrow night's big old card. I particularly like the glove off between Penta and Matt Tevin when they were just like looking at each other, saying, I've got a glove, I'm going to throw it off into the crown. And Matt Tevin took his glove off and challenge Penta to a duel and ate a super kick for his troubles. And again, this is just a showcase. It's for everyone to get the stuff in and really hype the match that is going to be going down tomorrow slash tonight. But after there's just been routine carnage and the Lucha Brothers has done like an inverted code red thing, which is always impressive, you finally had LFI in the ring there with Darius Martin and he was looking like he was in trouble. Because Drillistico hit a flipping driver Canadian destroyer thing that just threw Darius into the corner and then Roosh was in the other corner and the bull was about to unleash his horns. That's what happened and Darius died in the ring. I'm just kidding, he didn't die, he just got pinned rather emphatically and now LFI have all the momentum heading into the Reach for the Sky ladder match for the Ring of Honor Tag Team Championships and it got me all excited for that match which is exactly what this needed to do. And speaking of those Tag Team Championships, Mark Briscoe was out next and he was cutting a promo about how obviously this wasn't about these belts anymore, he was going to vacate those belts after everything that happened with Jay in the Reach for the Sky ladder match now that was going to go down but that card now, Supercard of Honor, that match that he's going to have against Samoa Joe for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship. That is now the biggest match of his life. Because yeah, baby, he wasn't just doing it for himself or his kids or his wife or Jay's kids and their wife or Jay or everyone else in his family. He was doing it for everyone around the world because he had to do it. It was just the biggest thing he's ever believed in and I believed him. Joe then popped up on screen and said to Mark, I feel disrespected that you are overlooking me because you're more focused on your destiny and to get to your destiny of winning this belt, you gotta go through me and me is gonna kick you ass. 
It makes sense in my head. It was simple. Mark's just the easiest baby face to get behind in the world right now. Joe feels like a killer. And then Jay Lethal was backstage having a random interview. He's like, I need this, this TV time. I just want to get it on camera that I'm wishing Mark the best. He shook his hands. He said, this is nothing to do with like all my mates over on Dynamite. We're causing loads of chaos. I'm just man to man. We're friends. Go and get the job done. Which was quite nice. So the Mark Briscoe stuff and this Jay Lethal little bubble, it's obviously going to get an up and I am even more excited. I just get more excited for the car that's going to happen tonight every single minute of the show. We then had Leon Ruffin versus Wheeler Utah for the Pure Championship, the Ring of Honor Pure Championship. I've not seen many of these kind of matches, but when I do, I always feel like they're quite nice. They're a bit unique. I'll be honest, I've not seen loads of Pure matches over the years, but when I do see them, I always think they're a nice change of pace. You get all the coaches there just doing the scores as the match is going on. And then you have Utah, who's just become a slimeball, hasn't he? You love to see it. He's really listening he's really being influenced by the people in the Blackpool Combat Club and you saw that throughout a lot of his submissions that he had in this match he was doing loads of taunting and like crossing his arms no handing submission people because he's just an absolute a-hole isn't he and then I love Ruffin because I saw his little rise that he had in NXT. He always has a soft spot in my heart. But here, he was just there to get bullied and get bullied. He did. It was also a nice nod to the fact that Yuta is going to be taking on Shibata at Super Guard of Honor because he put Ruffin in the octopus submission and that is Shibata's move, you cheeky soul. But in the end, even though Ruffin was quite plucky and he tried his best with his babyface fire to get out of trouble, he did get locked in a hammerlock crossface for the submission win. And Yuta is still your pure champion. He will be taking on Shibata and speak of the devil. After Yuta got on the mic and he was like, I'd beaten everybody, I beat Clark Connors, I beat Timothy Thatcher, and I'm probably going to beat Shibata as well. He rocked up and the man looks like the Terminator. He is horrifying, he just walks to the ring and you think, well, everybody in this arena is doomed. And then you two is just trying to talk him down, talk trash, and Shibata just went, get the mic out of my face, I'm going to murder you. That's going to happen. Tomorrow night, you're dead. And like, you took out the ring, looked like he'd seen a ghost, and Shibata just walked off. The man means business. I like no-nonsense people, they're my kind of people, he gets an up. Then next up we had El Hio de Vikingo taking on Blake Christian, and if you have seen that Kenny Omega match, which you probably should have by now, and if you've not, go and treat yourself. This, this was always going to be something special, wasn't it? And it's not just going to get an up, it's going to get an honourable up. I don't even know if that's a thing. I may have just made it up, but it's worth it. Because this this had moves in it that you just, you can't describe. Commentary was struggling to keep up. They were saying whenever they tried to describe what was going on, their brain tried to work it out. Vikingo had already done something else. It was just insane. And I know I've said the word insane a lot in this video, but this, this truly deserved that superlative because it was superlative. You had Vikingo flipping onto his feet out of a snapmare. How do you do that? You then had that inverted 450 handspring thing that he did through a table on Dynamite. He didn't do it through a table today because <laughs> that would have been crazy. At one point, he just turned into a 450 off. They just started just doing flips, flip, flip, flip. I can do a flip, you can do a flip. Let's just keep doing flips and people will just keep losing their minds. Honestly, there's not much I can do to describe this match because I just won't do it any justice. Go and watch it and just thank me later. But there was a point right at the end where the two were stood on the top rope and they did a Spanish fly together and both landed on their feet in the middle of the ring because how? I don't know. How? In the end though, Vikingo did get the win with the Hurricane Rana driver, which I think the commentary team were calling the Frankensteiner, whatever you want to call it. It got the job done. What a match. You love to see it. Blake Christian then had a backstage interview. He's like, oh, I just came up short there, but hopefully I do better tomorrow night in the six-man championship match where I've got AR Fox and Metalik in my corner against the Embassy. And then Prince Nana, my favourite guy, just popped up. And he was like, dude, just don't, don't, don't turn up to the match. You're going to get battered. It's not worth it. Get out while you can. And Blake Christian was like, do you know who I am? I don't do this. I don't back down for a fight. And he said, okay, boys. 
And then, of course, the embassy came and attacked Blake Christian, threw him straight into a fence, and it was just like, I want this in my life. I want to be able to just shout boys, and Miller and Murray take out my enemies. It was then main event time, we did have Eddie Kingston taking on Christopher Daniels. A really simple match, this. There's not too much to report, but it is obviously going to get an up. Because it was just a respectful back and forth, Kingston respects the hell out of Christopher Daniels, which is not what he could say about Claudio Castagnoli. And the two went at it, they had a big old chop off at one point, and just pulled down the straps, and were like, come on, hit my chest, hit my chest, and then hilariously later on, Christopher Daniels was like, actually, no, my chest really hurts. I'm going to put my straps back up because that's a sensible thing to do. After going back and forth though for quite some time, Eddie wrestled his way to victory. He made a real, real conscious effort here to wrestle his little heart out and he did it quite well. And in the closing stages, he hit another Enzigori. He'd hit one earlier on in the match. And then two spinning back fists for the win. Christopher Daniels was, yes, he was a fallen angel. That did happen in this match and he lost. What a shame. But Kingston needed to win because he does have that Ring of Honor World Championship match at Supercard of Honor tonight that is happening against Claudio and after this match Claudio came out and he was like haha I'm here with a brand new Ring of Honor World Championship look at that thing it's gorgeous Kingston then went on to display why he is one of the very best in the game on the mic there's just not many people who can touch him he talked about how personal it is between him and Claudio Claudio met his family his mother all these people and they, they, he told them he told them to their faces that he loved them he loved their boy but then he went he just left him he didn't do business you know what he did instead when the two were meant to have a match together in Chicago or wherever it was he went off to the Fed he went off to be a sports entertainer whereas Eddie Eddie stayed and got the job done but I'm jumping ahead because before all this Kingston suddenly went you know what let's just have a match let's just have the match right now and it looked like it was going to happen Claudio had his shirt off and the ref was like okay we're doing this right now and then he got out because he's a slime ball the BCC are all slime balls right now you hate them but you love to hate them and that's what we like all in all though Eddie dropping an F-bomb and just being his usual chaotic self was fantastic it got me uber hyped for this big old match that is going to happen at Supercard of Honor between the two. There's so much history. If you've not seen it, go and check out on YouTube, on the Ring of Honor YouTube page. There's a big old, like, backstory deep dive into why these two absolutely despise one another. It's great stuff. Check it out. And oh yeah, if it wasn't obvious, all of that, all that stuff, up. So I don't know how many ups we've got right now, but I know we've got no downs, because that's what kind of a show this was. And just like that, that was me jabbering on about all things Ring of Honor for quite some time. Thank you for sitting through it, and I hope you enjoyed the show. Let me know what you thought about it in the comment section right down below. Don't forget to like the video, share the video, subscribe to all things what culture follow us at what culture at what culture WWE on twitter follow myself on twitter at gmorgan04 and just enjoy all of this road to wrestlemania wrestlemania week content that we have got coming at you right now and if you thought this was something if you thought some of the videos have already done with something you are not ready for the amount of content that is heading your way because the boys are in la they're having a blast and you're gonna have a blast with them so once again thank you for watching and hopefully i'll see your pretty damn faces rather rather soon bye bye Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 